Welcome to Viral Mindfulness, the podcast. I'm your host, your field guide, Alexander Blue Feather. My bestie, John Harvey Cates, listened to the last episode of the podcast about letting your thoughts go and touching them like a feather would touch a bubble. And he gifted me a new name, Blue Feather. I love it. Alexander Blue Feather. May I read you an awesome poem from Mary Oliver? It's such a great poem and it has such a great title. Can you imagine? Question mark. Soul sibling, can you imagine? All right, here it is from Mary Oliver. For example, what the trees do, not only in lightning storms or the watery dark of a summer night or under the white nets of winter, but now and now and now whenever we're not looking. Surely you can't imagine they just stand there looking the way they look when we're looking. Surely you can't imagine they don't dance from the root up, wishing to travel a little, not cramped so much as wanting a better view, or more sun, or just as avidly more shade. Surely you can't imagine they just stand there loving every minute of it. The birds or the emptiness, the dark rings of the year slowly and without a sound, thickening and nothing different unless the wind, and then only in its own mood, comes to visit. Surely you can't imagine patience and happiness like that. So I wanted to talk to you today about a breakthrough that I had. So I've been wanting to get back to some weight training. And during the pandemic, uh, I don't know, for me, I experienced all kinds of sensations physically, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. Uh, And during that time, I'm 49, so 47-ish, I gained my first 20 pounds as an adult. I think I'm a a little bit later in life where I was having some propensities with age. And I also have been having some issues with my medications and HIV in regards specifically specifically to cholesterol. And um, so I got to practice doing a lot of redirecting a reconstruction of the way I think about my body and aging. And it was difficult and I was very deliberate and intentional. And part of what I've been working on is being very kind and gentle and surrendering to the process of aging, also to the process of long-term HIV. It's been almost 20 years that I've been living with the virus and taking an antiretroviral cocktail There's a word fatigued that can arrive for someone like me, even though the meds do great and keep my immune system normal and healthy and lots of shiny, happy T cells calling. Yes, I have tons of T cells. However, um, there is 
there are long-term effects and one is called fatigued where my body is constantly and has been for 19 almost 20 years fighting an infection so i realize that for me it's important based off of what i want to do as preventative healthcare and also for an emotional spiritual mind body connection to add back to the mix weight resistance and training and i was having such a resistance <laughs> to going back to a gym and lifting weights i mean i couldn't really wrap my head around getting free weights and doing it at home i have a membership to 24-hour fitness gym i was starting to lean into it before the pandemic so here i am end of midsummer late summer, early fall 2022. And I finally figured out, figured out a way to get there. And I also have been kind of looking at my systems and processes and time management. And so in August, I was kind of like, why can't I get to the gym? And then also, why am I struggling with being deliberate and dedicated to my writing process for this goal I have, this big sexy juicy goal for next summer to have a manuscript to give to myself for my 50th birthday. And so I was like, I think I maybe should read a little bit about time management or goals. And I'm like, I don't really subscribe to some of this same thinking. I do a lot of things throughout my week, my day. I have a lot of disciplines and practices and also, I can always learn and refine and practice and strengthen my skills. So I decided to give a book a shot, Atomic Habits by James Clare, and just lean in that arena even though I didn't want to because I figured I'm struggling with this discipline, with these two areas, writing and weight training. I have a lot of other things that I'm dedicated and deliberate about, and I'm also just a human, and I have cravings and human propensities, and so I got the book, and I was fighting it the whole way, and I just thought, just read it. You are open to learning. I have that as a value and a mantra, so I started reading it, and I wanted to hate it, and there are some things that I don't love, and I haven't gotten super far, but I really like the adjustments that James Clear has made. And so I want to share a couple of the quotes. Well, I want to share a couple passages that I marked with blue pen. And then I want to tell you how it fell into my experience and body. And to tell you that I have done pretty well over the last six weeks. I have a workout weight training program that I purchased from this person who I follow and I like his style. And I didn't do it all the time the way I was supposed to, and I made some adjustments, and I missed a day. Or, And it's not this insane program. It's three, three different weight training sessions per week, and it rotates through a four-week program. But there are a lot of CrossFit exercises, so I kind of had to learn some new things. And it took me at least two hours each day of the three days of the week that I was doing it because I had to sit and like figure it out and YouTube it and then watch like a tutorial and then write some things down and try and practice it here without the free weights and 
I wanted to yell and scream and give up, and I just stuck with it, and I'm so grateful. So here's what I read from Atomic Habits. Furthermore, this is James Clare, goals create an either-or conflict. Either you achieved your goal and are successful, or you fail and you are a disappointment. You mentally box yourself into a narrow version of happiness. This is misguided. It is unlikely that your actual path through life will match the exact journey you had in mind when you set it out. It makes no sense to restrict your satisfaction to one scenario when there are many paths to success. So I was very light and easy and gentle to start with. And I also knew that I was exercising for preventative health to help me move and add muscle. I do yoga and do running cardio on the trail. And I want to add weight training so I can prevent and have muscle mass and different things. And also my core area too. I wanted to see if I could just create more fluidity and flexibility and trim down a little bit because I've been eating more from cravings and my metabolism has shifted and I gained my first 20 pounds and it's kind of in the center. My little Buddha belly. (laughs) Hello, my name's Belly Blue. Okay, so here's the next quote. A systems first mentality provides the antidote. When you fall in love with the process rather than the product, you don't have to wait to give yourself permission to be happy. So this was really significant for me in getting started. Right off the bat, I didn't know how to do a lot of these exercises. And like I told you, I was crystal clear it was going to take me a couple hours for the first few weeks each time I went to do it because I'm learning all new sort of form and movement that's CrossFit um, forward, like it's very uh, CrossFit forte (laughs) emphasis. So I'm like, just fall in love with this process. This is what what I'm doing. And so I'm going to do it for the long haul. And I'm doing it to feel healthy, to add muscle, to, to build strength, flexibility and balance, not to be beautiful, not to have a certain body type, not to get laid or to fall in love or to be attractive. So here's the other stuff that really helped me solidify some integration and success in breaking through my resistance. The the purpose of setting goals, the purpose of building systems is to continue playing the game. True long-term thinking is goal-less thinking. It's not about any single accomplishment. It's about the cycle of endless refinement and continuous improvement. Ultimately, it is your commitment to the process that will determine your progress. Very helpful. The problem is your system. You do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. So here I was in this system that was without sans weight training. Okay, so here's a little bit more on this. The alternative is to build identity-based habits. With this approach, we start by focusing on who we wish to become. So it's crystal clear that I wish to become someone who has three sessions a week of weight training and learning these new exercises. The first week was so hard. I was so sore and it felt so good and it was so painful. And 
Then the second week, it went a little faster to understand the exercises, but I still spent a good hour and a half or more. Third week, I still had to keep practicing form, looking up tutorials. Fourth week, same thing. And so now I'm going to rotate again, but I'm leaving town for, for fall New York trip, which means I'm putting pause for four weeks until I come back. So I'm going to have to do lots of walking and other exercise, maybe push-ups and sit-ups. Okay, so here's the last few statements that I want to share. The real, over the long run, however, the real reason you fail to stick with habits is that your self-image gets in the way. This is why you can't get too attached to one version of your identity. Progress requires unlearning. Becoming the best version of yourself requires you to continuously edit your beliefs and to upgrade and expand your identity. And it says here, more precisely, your habits are how you embody your identity. The more you repeat a behavior, the more you reinforce the identity associated with that behavior. Whatever your identity is right now, you only believe it because you have proof of it. So then it talks about developing the evidence for the, these you know, new systems. I didn't start out as a writer. I became one through my habits. And then it says, of course, your habits are not the only actions that influence your identity. But by virtue of their frequency, they are usually the most important ones. The process of building habits is actually the process of becoming yourself. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm not going to take this book with me. I'm going to get back to it when I get back from my fall travels. So I really understood that for me, this was about systems and process. It was about creating new evidence of an identity and systems that I want to have in place as someone who not only practices yoga for flexibility and balance and some strength, but to really add in the weight training over the long haul and to figure out a way to have those sessions in my week. Um, I'm not saying that this book at all is like the magic answer. It was just helpful. And I was also in a lot of discomfort, just physically and emotionally. And I thought, you keep wrestling with this. So you really need to just break through and do what I've done with meditation and with yoga and with working from home and all these other systems I have in place. And so of course, other things had to go, there wasn't time for everything. But I learned a lot about myself in the sense that it helps me to to learn from relevant writers on different topics that inspire the changes that I want to see. And I also have the wisdom at this point to let go of teachers and writers and authors that don't work for me anymore. I've let a lot of former like for example, Marie Forleo. She's fantastic. She helped me get to a certain point with online marketing. And I don't resonate with her style anymore. And in fact, there's a lot of things I don't resonate and actually find some disdain for some of the, I don't know, that's a whole nother podcast episode. Marie Forleo helped me, B-School helped me. 
And there's also a lot of hoopla in that marketing style. Um, you can do this and make these figures and it, I'm just in a different place. And so that's the biggest thing I wanted to just finish with is that I am learning to have the wisdom to follow things that resonate teachers and to let go of teachers and communities and places if it no longer works. And it's something I need to be careful and mindful of because by no means do I always know the answer. For example, you know, as a recovering addict, like it's very common that a drug addict is what I'm referencing. Um, to be like, oh, I don't need to, to recover anymore and do meetings. Like I, I need meetings every week. <laughs> and at some point I struggled for a couple of years, you know, thinking, oh, no, 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 I really don't. And at this point, I just feel grateful that I have such deep, rich recovery friendships and meetings and communities because there's so many other added connections and conversations and support. So that's what I wanted to share with you today. I just wanted you to know that it's fall. It's October. Um, I'm thinking of you. Um, if you haven't subscribed to my Love Letters of Mindfulness, you definitely want to get your name on the list. I'm having a lot of fun writing beautiful content for my email newsletter subscribers. You can get that by going to viralmindfulness.com slash subscribe. So keep your ears and your hearts um, open because I have a new, fresh and juicy website that's headed your way and watercolors. I have watercolors for sale coming very soon in the launch of my first online gallery show called Exhibition Blue. All right, that's all you get for today. Be well, be gentle, gentle with yourself. You gentle humans, all my love to your next mindful step.